Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Warner, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah. So all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right. I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. Listening to the most authentic place in sports, it's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. What a time to be alive it is January, or no, it's February 1st. Um, happy Black History Month, everybody. 11.06 a.m. I am here with Sean Davis. We have some big news to talk about. Uh, big Matthew Stafford trade, the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We've got a lot of great content coming out for you guys, a mock draft, special guests upcoming this week. And we've got all three of us, hopefully, in studio on Sunday for the Super Bowl. Uh, with a Madden 21 tournament as well. Let's welcome Sean into the studio. What is up, Sean Davis? Virtual studio. What's up, y'all? Happy Monday. Uh, but yeah, really, Warner already kind of did a precursor. It's Super Bowl freaking week, and we have a, uh, a big plate up for you guys. So today, uh, part two of today's episode will be a podcast exclusive episode with Steven from the Guilty as Charged podcast. We've had him on recently. Um, or in the summer, rather, to preview the you know, season. But he'll be on to join us um, in part two of the episode, which will only be available on podcasting platforms. You guys have to go check that out. Um, tomorrow, we'll be joined by another former uh, guest of the show, Matt Brooks, to discuss some NBA with us. He'll join us live at 11.30. We'll go live at 11 tomorrow, roughly. Um, and then Wednesday, 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 uh, We'll do a, a film session. Maybe one of us will p- take a team and then we'll like pick five plays that really signify like the first matchup or what they've done since then. We'll do a film session previewing the big game on Sunday. Then Thursday, the SH mock draft special with John Bogle. Um, big stuff coming for that. Really excited about that. And then Friday, we're back. Regular show on Friday and then Sunday, big Super Bowl game day. Um, a bunch of stuff happening on Sunday, like Warner said. Uh, we'll have the a Madden tournament with a few of us within SH. Um, then we'll have a pregame show headlined by with guests that you've seen, and maybe we'll have a big time guest join the show. Not going to get too excited just yet, but um, some guests you've you've seen us collaborate with in the past. Tom Green, host of the Tom Green podcast. Eric Lyons, the Electrified podcast. And the Budhole podcast will be joining us throughout the uh, pregame show. Then obviously we're going to call the big game. You guys have seen us uh, broadcast live some big time NBA games. Our first NFL game is going to be the freaking Super Bowl. 
Yep, might as well start it off with a bang. Biggest game of the year. Um, some some breaking news, I guess, just released, by the way, a few minutes ago, Ian Rappaport dropped it. The Vikings are going to interview the Giants receiver coach, um, Tyke Tolbert, for their offensive coordinator position. He worked under Gary Kubiak when uh, Kubiak was in Denver um, when they won that Super Bowl. So same system um, in place if they do give him uh, the job. So that's yet another Shanahan system still in the league, assuming he um, ends up getting the job. So the Vikings. You, trying you to know what I'm saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, don't mm-hmm. go away from something that made your offense sneakily. Like, I didn't think the offense would be that good last year. Um, and give credit where credit is due. Kirk started off the year so rough, and he ended the year so good. So, but there's rumors, multiple sources, uh, reporting that San Francisco in the market potentially trying to upgrade in Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I think he's an upgrade over Jimmy G. No question about it, but how much of, like, of an upgrade is it? Because like with the Rams, they went from golf to Stafford. They, they went from like 15 to 20 quarterback to a 7 to 10 quarterback. I mean, just with that. Ooh, and I have 15 to 20. We're talking like 18 to 23, probably. He is the epitome of an average quarterback. We went from average to an elite or at least borderline elite quarterback. And with with the Niners, you're going from another 18 to 23 guy to like a top 15 guy. So there's not like like a 12 to 15. Right. So it's kind of a tricky uh, situation. So again, I think it's an upgrade, but how big of an upgrade? Is, is the question there. Yeah. But um, um go ahead. what do you want to start with, man? Do you want to start with talking about maybe the Vikings offense? Do you want to start with this huge trade that just went off? Um yeah. there, there was there was some news uh, there was some news about Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur saying he's absolutely staying. Um after of course after Aaron Rodgers made the comments of um Nobody's future is certain, not even mine, after their loss in the NFC Championship game. Damn it, Mike. He made those comments in his post-game presser, and um, the world basically freaked out about it. Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. Green Bay is trading Rodgers. Rodgers doesn't want to be there. Green Bay doesn't want him. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, and LaFleur said, basically, uh, just to paraphrase, like, this man just won the MVP. He is going to be a and if he doesn't win MVP, I think that's an outrage. Who's going to get it? Are they going to give it to Mahomes again? I, I, I just – if they give it to Derrick Henry, I'm going to be so mad. I'm, I'm, I'm I have a weird feeling Derrick Henry's going to get a first-place vote. All, all of my trust and value in NFL awards is just going to be gone if Derrick Henry wins it. It's, that's – that's hilarious. But here is some uh, details on the deal. The Panthers offered the number eight, so the number eight pick in this year's draft, plus a late round choice. The football team offered number nineteen and a third rounder. The Colts never reportedly offer number twenty-one, but discussed other packages. The Niners never made an official offer, and the Jets reportedly checked in, but talks didn't go very far. And then, ironically, I get Sean McVay's on the. You're gonna you're gonna want to reset that screen share. It's, it's not showing up. All right, I, I, I apologize. How about now? We good? There we go. We got it. Um, we're still good. You guys still see it? Yep, we're good. All right. Um, 
and one and I guess Sean McVay was on a little vacation spot, maybe still depressed um, about losing. And ironically, the same spot where he was, Matthew Stafford was there. And when the teams were approaching the deal, they met up ironically. I just find that so hilarious. But Warner, a team that I'm, I'm, when you're looking at this, you're like, what the heck? The Colts, why did they not offer the 21st pick? What are your thoughts about this? This is a very interesting situation. Yeah, I mean, the Colts must be must feel comfortable with who they've got in the building, namely Jacoby Brissett. Um, I don't know why they would, but they do have a really, really solid roster, just top to bottom, very solid. Um, borderline elite defense. I think DeVorce Buckner is really cementing himself as an elite defensive tackle, not just a very, very good one, a global one, but an elite defensive tackle in the game. Um, they have Darius Leonard, who I would I would argue is not an elite linebacker, but really there's only one, maybe two elite linebackers, the one being Eric Kendricks, just because he is he is the best linebacker in football. Um, but I, I will say it is interesting to me why the Colts didn't do it. And, and news came out saying the only reason why the Rams had to give up two firsts and a third is because of Jared Goff's contract, how disgusting that is. Uh, because they reset the market with them too soon. Um, and that's just what happens with um, with quarterbacks now. The Niners not making an official offer. That doesn't surprise me. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. They've already gone to the Super Bowl once with him. Now, they did lose DeForest Buckner off that team. Um, but they were – I mean, <laughs> they they were so different last year. They had their top two centers injured. Their top three running backs, their top two receivers, their top tight end. I'm trying to remember their top two quarterbacks, their uh, their best player in Nick Bosa, I, and and countless other guys that I I just cannot remember. Um, they got kicked out of their own city, so they had to play in Arizona, which is the desert, in a in a foreign foreign area. They had no home games, so they, it's just. It's it's um it's really they they get a pass for this season. Um, now it's it's going to hurt them in terms of having to pay these players a year sooner without getting the year of production, but that doesn't necessarily surprise me that they don't want to pay Stafford um, top quarterback money because they just can't afford it because they've got guys like Nick Bosa, I believe George Kittle's coming up, Debo Samuel, um, Ayuk of course is a rookie, but Samuel um, just played his second year if you want to call it playing it. Um, so he's got, I think, two more seasons. He wasn't a first-round draft pick, I don't believe. Uh, yeah, because Nick Bosa was the uh, first-round pick. Um, they've got a lot of guys coming up here for contracts, and so they they want to keep the core together, which means they're not going to be able to pay a guy like Matthew Stafford a bunch of money. Jared Goff's contract, I believe they have an out this year. They would take, I think, $2.8 million in uh, dead cap, which is pretty much nothing compared uh, for, for a quarterback, uh, for releasing or trading a quarterback. So – um, that doesn't surprise me. The Jets, I think their eyes are certainly just – they have tunnel vision for either Zach Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Whichever one, if the Texans feel like trading Watson, and I think we got to talk about that today too with Nick Casario's comments um, when they officially announced their coaching hire. But they are they are tunnel vision on Deshaun Watson or Zach Wilson. We, we don't care about anybody else. Um, that's interesting. And the last time that happened, my stream crashed. So, Sean, you still good with me? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I just okay. I just uh, exited out of that. My bad. My bad. <laughs> you're good. 
you're good with the zoom just uh the zoom just um i guess crashed for me but um moving forward um so the colts kind of surprised me the uh, niners not too much the uh jets not too much so then you have la and and um and detroit or uh, <clears throat> sorry carolina who offered the eighth pick now yes that's a high pick that's a nice pick for you but if you're Detroit right now, what good does the eighth pick do you? If you're Detroit, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, that, because that's listen, you you might be able to pick if you have if you have faith in Jared Goff, his mental side, his leadership side. Then I think it's undoubtable you draft Trey Lance. Um, you draft Trey Lance with with your first round pick, uh, which I believe is what either number seven or number nine. They're right next. Seven. They're seven. right next to the Panthers. Yeah. Um, so you either draft Fields or Lance, if I doubt Fields will be available, but if he is, um, which are the kind of boomer bust quarterbacks um, that are kind of low floor but extremely high ceiling through the roof. Um, but you, you don't really need that because you have to pick before them, and you'd rather have two more first-round picks down the road when either Trey Lance develops and becomes your full-time starter or you have more low picks because your team continues to suck and then you also have low picks combined with high picks, and you can trade up. Say so package the fifth overall pick and the 28th overall pick that you just got from the Rams, because they're going to be good with Stafford, to trade up to like the second or the third overall pick. And then you can jack your franchise quarterback then. So I think it was a great move by the Lions, and I think the Rams paid a fair price. Matthew Stafford is a very, very, very good quarterback, and um, he's been getting a lot of hate on Twitter uh, recently, and, and so have the Rams, because like, you give up that – for Jared Goff, they're like similar well, players. I'm, I'm, wait, really quick. I'm really glad you brought that up. Brought that up. That extra first round pick. If we're being honest, they it was a Brock Osweiler deal. They get they had to throw in the extra first round pick to get rid of Jared Goff. So that's one. Two. Um, Which, hold on. Which just shows you how a little little value Jared Goff has at that contract. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean. That's great move for the Rams. We put up a poll on Twitter. Um, would you rather have for just one season, would you rather have Matthew Stafford or Lamar Jackson? You're trying to win a championship. I don't know what the results are, but I, I texted Sean in our, in our private sports headlines chat. I said, listen, all the Lamar truthers and, and the casual football fans who don't know how good Matthew Stafford really is are going to vote on this poll. It's going to be a close poll. Lamar Jackson's probably going to win. And, and I'm, pretty sure that's how it went i haven't checked recently but as of last night i think it was neck and neck so um i, I just want to say right now i just want to say one thing lamar jackson is an unbelievably talented quarterback he is very very fun to watch he is probably a 14 to 22 ranked strict passer of the football in the nfl if it weren't for his running ability nobody would be talking about lamar jackson as one of the top five guys, one of the top eight guys, top 10 guys in the league. And, and to me, he's borderline 10. He's like 10 to 12 for me, just because of how dynamic his running ability is. And he still has a strong arm. He doesn't usually make mistakes in, in terms of turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. But the, the, the pocket presence is not good. He doesn't know when to run, when to tuck and run. He doesn't know when to extend plays. He doesn't know when to sit in the pocket and accurately throw the ball over the field. He has not shown that he can throw outside of the numbers. People are always saying, 
oh, well, he has a uh, is Willie Sneed as his best receiver. Well, listen, he also has Marquise Brown. He has Devin Duvernay. Those two are very, very talented, fast guys. If he would throw outside the numbers, maybe they would have more production. That's why guys like Nick Boyle and Mark Andrews, who Mark Andrews is probably a top seven or eight tight end in the league, um, if not top five, if not top three, who gets all, all the targets and all the receptions because he's in the middle of the field because, once again, Lamar Jackson is not good at throwing outside the numbers. If he can improve his accuracy on throwing outside the numbers, he would easily be a cemented top 10 quarterback. But, yes, he won an MVP. Yes, he doesn't necessarily have the best receivers in the league. But I, I think it's time to stop making excuses for Lamar. The, the same people who are making excuses are the same people who are saying, well, listen, the scheme doesn't help him. Um, the same people who are saying he doesn't have receivers and the scheme's not helping him pass. Yeah, that may be true, but these are the same people who just two years ago were saying, oh, the Ravens are geniuses for developing a scheme around Lamar's skill set and his and his attributes and, and his type of player. So you know, I don't want to hear it. Lamar Jackson, uh, it's, it's coming time before the Ravens give him a huge extension, which he probably deserves. Before they give him that extension, he's got to show the Ravens um, that he can be a very good NFL passer before he gets his $35, $40 million a year. Um, that's all I'm really going to say on Lamar Jackson. Um, as for the Stafford trade, I think it was a great deal for both sides. Very, very, I think, fair and even deal. Um, it sets the Lions up down the road. It sets the Rams up right now with a Super Bowl window. window. Jared Goff was not going to cut it. We saw what happened when he – he got carried by Todd Gurley and Sean McVay to that Super Bowl and the defense. He got carried to that Super Bowl, and they produced nothing against New England. Score was like what, thirteen three or something? Well, I don't, I don't even think they scored a touchdown if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Now, you trade him to the Lions, where he can be some kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater. You plug him in. They're going to probably stay competitive in these games, but they're not necessarily going to be winning and competing for the playoffs which is what the Lions need right now. Um, if the Lions can develop a very solid defense and maybe develop a Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or somebody from next year's draft as a quarterback prospect going further and further so they can compete in three to four to five years, that will be perfect for the Lions in a great scenario. That's why this Jared Goff trade was so good for them. And then, of course, Stafford sets the Rams up, Rams up right now to win a Super Bowl. I think along with the Packers and the 49ers and the Bucks. They're, they're right there in terms of uh, contention for next season, which is crazy we're talking about that because we haven't even played this Super Bowl yet. Yeah, um, one of the things I found really interesting with Jared Goff, which is funny, he said, I'm I'm happy to be in a place that's going to value and appreciate me. Appre- <laughs> that, that, that's almost hilarious to me. But um, I think in the short term, I think – all in all, I think both sides come away from this, um, come away from this happy, if that makes sense. I think both parties are happy leaving this deal. The Lions, they get some of the future. But as of right now, unless the Rams just flop, which I don't think they will, I think the Rams have to win this trade, even if they don't make a Super Bowl run. And here's why. Worst case scenario, they're a playoff team for the next three or so years, right? Especially like next year in the fall. Matthew Stafford's 32, by the way, which is not old for a quarterback anymore. Right, especially in this Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, LaFleur scheme. You've seen what it's done to Aaron Rodgers' career. I mean, he was getting hurt year after year with Mike McCarthy. 
And then, you know, he kind of eased into it last year and then boom. It only benefits. Don't mess this up, NFL. Right. It only benefits the quarterback, really. And it prolongs their their career with these moving pockets, play action passes, running the football. And look, the Rams, worst case scenario, are a playoff team in the next two years. So it's not like the Lions are going to be using that pick and picking in the top 10 the next two years. They're going to be picking in the 20s and mid to late 20s, too. Mid, right, they're going to be picking mid to late 20s. So, I mean, I think the Rams win this deal. But if I'm the Lions, I like it because now I have a quarterback, at least for this year, that, that has achieved some things in the NFL. Granted, probably because of Sean McVay, but he's achieved some things. Mm-hmm. He's at least cool. experienced, and he has good arm talent. Jared right, Goff has a nice arm. He has a nice arm. Um, now, and that, this kind of influenced me on our mock draft on Thursday now. This mm-hmm. this really at first I was like, okay, and this doesn't really affect me that too much, but boy, look, it really, Indy, really does. I had Indy trading for Stafford. Now that Detroit has golf, I think actually I think I had him getting a weapon anyway. But I think this kind of and I think it's down to two players for me for the Lions right now to pick at number seven. Right. Eight. And another thing here, and I think it's a good transition to the Texans. And the Jets were really the Texans, per rumors and reports, they're going to want at least two firsts, I believe two seconds was the report. That's not and, even enough for me. And I, No, I said at least. And I think two defensive starters. So it appears that they oh. want Sam Donald. So that, and I think, I think regardless of what happens with the Shower Watson, Sam Donald is not coming back next year. I would be stunned if Sam Donald is the starting quarterback in New York Come training camp. I'll be stunned. I wouldn't even be surprised if he gets released or traded for like a, a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. Cause I think his value's going down and down and down, especially after you after that um comes out. I just want to say one thing about the Shanahan LaFleur moving pocket McVay kind of offense. Aaron Rodgers did not spend one day on the Packers injury report this season. One day. He did not miss a practice. He was not limited in practice. He did not miss a day on the injury report. And this is a guy who's been hurt two out of the last three seasons. Prior. Just want to say that. I mean, <laughs> what, what that what that does for the quarter for quarterback safety, health, and and um and production, right. that's that's insane. And and for if you're a team that is in the position to compete with a franchise top 10 quarterback. You give up the bag for that quarterback as long as it doesn't destroy the roster you've constructed already. Because, listen, the quarterback is the most influential position on the football field. Oh, no doubt. And and we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it with Peyton Peyton Manning. is not a great example. But we've seen it with these guys who can carry their team. The only reason the Packers are in Super Bowl contention and have been for the last, like, 10 to 12 seasons – is because of Aaron Rodgers, number 12, at quarterback. It's not because they've had a loaded roster or, like, really good receivers or a, a, a superstar running back in a great running game. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. So if you can get that guy like Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford, you give up all the draft uh, draft picks that other team wants because that's going to put you at least in legit contention. The Rams were kind of on the edge. Do we put them in a legit contention? I remember in our power rankings, they were going back and forth between legit contenders Possible contenders, playoff team, contenders. Where are they? We don't – maybe Super Bowl contenders a week. And back to just contend – maybe – it's – it's – it's um, 
it that solidifies them as Super Bowl contenders for at least the next three seasons. I mean, yeah, and uh, really quickly here, I want to go back to what I was saying about Sam Darnold. I think Carolina or Indy is going to get Sam Darnold. Carolina looks needy. Like, they really want a quarterback going into the next season. Not even necessarily to start, but to sit behind Teddy Bridgewater. There's a lot of news coming up about Teddy Bridgewater and how Carolina is not really feeling the Bridgewater, man. Yeah, and then Indy, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not cool with my quarterback via Jacoby Brissett next year, which is a game which I'm like, Indy, I would offer 21 for this year and next year's uh, first rounder or, maybe, or second rounder. Right, right. Like if I'm Indy, I would do whatever it took to get Matthew Stafford because that and I'm kind of criticizing them because this is a team similar to the Rams who are like uh they're a quarterback away or yep. they're this piece away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. Indianapolis gets Matthew Stafford, I will be going back and forth next year between them and Kansas City, maybe throwing Buffalo. But it's a three-headed race in the AFC next year. And now I'm like, I mean, Sam Darnold, that's a nice quarterback pickup. I think he'll do well in Frank Rice's offense. We don't know. We Matthew don't know. Stafford. Uh, yeah, we Matthew Stafford's a, a proven franchise quarterback. Sam Darnold, I, I only have one hesitation in Carolina, and that's the Joe Brady offense because – as we saw at LSU with Joe Burrow, the reason why Joe Burrow and that offense were so successful is because Burrow was so disciplined with his eyes and his reads and manipulating the pocket, yep. and going through his reads, finding the open guy. It's a very, it's a very brain-worthy offense that Joe Brady runs. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, I don't know if that's necessarily the guy you want there. Same thing, honestly, with Trey Lance. I don't know because Trey Lance hasn't really shown he's been a one-read-and-dip, one-read-and-scramble type of quarterback throughout college. I think he'd be able to thrive, but I think they're going to push him in too early. Um, they, they, I think they would push him in too early, and and they would kind of break um, break either Darnold or um, Trey Lance, <laughs> forgetting his name somehow. Uh, and and so I'm not sure I like the thing. It's the right idea for him, but I don't know if I necessarily like the uh, the fit. But Indianapolis, absolutely. I mean, I feel like Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz are in pretty similar boats now. Thinking too much, don't really have a great roster to bail you out. You're throwing dumb throws. You're not going through your reads. You're not knowing when to scramble, when to step up, when to take a hit, when to go down. I think Frank Wright can fix that. He's shown it. Um, it works with Carson Wentz. Them being in the same boat right now, I think you can. Um, just has to get some upside at quarterback going into next season. You can't. Yeah, they, I'll know. I don't care who, whether it's Darnold. You no trade disrespect up to Jacoby Brissett either. No um, disrespect to him. It's yeah, no, just, you just have to have I, some I, upside. Like this is I a team. Think, yeah. This is a team that we. I think everybody that analyzes football that considers himself a, a, an analyst and an insider that knows the game knows Indianapolis is a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. They dropped the ball. I trust Ballard. Frank Reich and the crew, but they dropped the ball. Oh, my gosh. That would be a a cataclysmic mistake. If you look at their roster, too, they've got a nice defense. We all know that. But on the offensive side of the ball, they've got an up-and-coming running back in Jonathan Taylor. Played really well into the year. Superb into the year. They've got a really nice offensive line still, although that's slowly crumbling. with Maybe the third-best offensive line outside of Green Bay and Cleveland. Yeah. um, And then (laughs) – the, the receivers especially is the key here to me because 
you've got, of course, um, T.Y. Hilton, right? I think it's a free agent this year. You've got uh, uh, Michael Pittman, and I forget the other guy. He's a physical. Pascal, Zach uh, Paris Campbell, who's going to be back next year. Now so I think about. Got, I like the I like the receiving core now. You, I, I know you've got these up and coming guys, but they're more physical guys. You throw in a That's veteran, Campbell. aging T.Y. Hilton in there as kind of a quick, speedy, probably a slot guy for him. Yeah. In, in his old age. I think that's a perfect storm because you've got that reliable veteran receiver in T.Y. Hilton. When you've got the big physical guys on the outside, I think, I mean, this is their time. This is Indianapolis's time to make a push at Kansas City because they're probably not going to be able to sustain it. The Rams really quickly. T.Y. Hilton to either age regression, retirement, or free agency. They're going to have to pay their young guys. The Rams really quickly, outside of my Chargers band, just become one of my more favorite front offices because they have had the mindset of just at first round picks, we're going to go try to compete. We have Aaron Donald. We have a shot. We have Aaron Donald. We have a shot at the first round picks. Let's <laughs> let's go to some uh, headline five news really quickly. I'll run it today, Warner. Uh, let's start off with some breaking news out of baseball. Dustin put, dang it, Warner said the name. I used to, oh my God. Dustin Pedroia? Yeah. Dang, Sean. Yeah, you, you almost announced, had it, but then you just stopped. Announces he's retiring from baseball. MVP, three-time champion. I believe that's a World Series MVP. Three-time champion. No, it was a regular season MVP. He went oh, off. He had, like, over 200 hits, 50 doubles, 30 steals. Hey, this man used to be a beast, and especially oh, for being 5'7", 5'8", 5'9", a smaller guy. Can I say this right quick? I'm not sure Jose Altuve is Jose Altuve if he doesn't do what he does. I mean, Dustin Dustin was a legit guy. He he was he was an amazing baseball player, and um, yeah, Hall of Famer. I think I think he's a Hall of Famer. Now with baseball's Hall of Fame system, and so many guys still waiting to get in, you never know. (laughs) But this was the NFL. This was basketball Hall of Fame. Like, like you, you know, there's there's a lot of guys in, in the NBA and the NFL that are just bona fide first ballot Hall of Famers. You think LeBron James, even Kevin Durant. But then there's these these guys in baseball. You you really only have like a Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, trying to name some guys that aren't Yankees. But um, you've got and then you've only got a few guys who who are bona fide first ballot Hall of Fame guys. Yeah, and, and with especially with the voters having their, you know, you have to be a perfect person as well as an, an elite baseball player mentality. If you, if you, you never know. Uh, you one never know parking ticket, you are invalid. You stole, you stole, you stole some big league chew from, from the grocery store when you were 17 <laughs> on your way to a high school baseball game. You, you can't be in it. I'm sorry. I don't care if you hit 35 home runs, 10 seasons in a row, but uh, yeah. True, a, a great baseball player there in Dustin Pedroia. That's hilarious. Um, next up, uh, MLB The Show 21 has announced uh, their cover athletes. Let's check out their trailer for MLB The Show 21. Pardon the interruption to your scheduled content. I've been asked to apologize for changing the game. Apparently, I've been breaking the unwritten rules of baseball. I'm sorry if things got too exciting, and this isn't the game that you remember. But here's the thing. We're never going back.
That's awesome. Wow, really quickly, That's I, I, awesome. I, I, I'm going to bring this up. I did not notice that when I watched the trailer first. He said, I'm sorry if I broke the unwritten rules. Of Talking about that grand slam and the bat flip when they were blowing out, I think, the Rangers it was. They were blowing somebody out, and he just yacked one just out of the out of the park and pipped the crap out of it. Um, that man, Fernando Tatis, is going to be one of the premier baseball players in the league, I think, undoubtedly. Um, a lot of people would agree with that. What a guy. And a great trailer from him. That is a class video game. Electronic Arts. The Madden franchise. Take a look. You can, you can even customize what your nose looks like in that game. You can build a player and toggle the nose features. In Madden, you have like 10 faces to choose from. Come on now. Yeah. That's, that's a class video game right there. And I've said this in the past. If I wasn't a Dodgers fan, I might have to be a Padres fan. <laughs> this team is so fun to watch. Right? They're the exciting team. Team. Yeah, they're most definitely the most exciting team to watch. Great job. Uh, I forget who does who does the uh, production of the show. Is it is San it San Diego Studios? Okay, Maybe. yeah. Um, hats off to them and the Major League Baseball for making this was an obvious decision. You put the guy who's going to make you the most money yeah. on the cover, and that guy is definitely, definitely Fernando yeah. Tatis. Um, yeah. A guy who hasn't made has Mike Trout made it? I think Mike Trout was the cover athlete, but Mike Trout's more of a quiet guy. He likes he he's he's another first ballot Hall of Famer, undoubtedly, because he's a he's a class act. He he keeps quiet. He just he produces plays the game, quote-unquote, the right way in terms of these baseball voters' uh, minds. And and I love Mike Trout, too, but Fernando Tatis is really exciting. One player that does strike me, though, is Tim Anderson. I think he's my favorite player in the game right now. I just love what he does um, production-wise, on the field-wise, off the field-wise, personality-wise. Um, him and Fernando Tatis are very similar players. I think the market, though, that Tim Anderson plays in, being the second-best team in Chicago – with in, in the in the White Sox, yeah, I think that's costing him a lot of credit that he hasn't won. But Fernando Tatis absolutely deserves to be a cover athlete. Um, what what a guy, what a player. Um, yeah, and let's stay out some baseball news here. Dang, three in a row. Um, so over the weekend, the St. Louis Cardinals traded. Uh-huh. For Nolan Aaron freaking Nato, I think unless then you can throw in Alex Bregman, but it is Nolan Arenado. Bregman, Arenado, Chapman. Uh, they're 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 all really really good, but maybe the best third baseman in baseball. Too. About time he gets moved from Colorado, though. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about free Deshaun Watson, free Nolan Arenado too, man. And, and, and now we're thinking Trevor Story too. And now, yeah, Trevor Story is another guy who's now being rumored to potentially be on his way out of uh, Colorado. Warner, do you know the specifics of the deal? And what's your reaction of the oh, news of Nolan yeah. Renato getting traded to St. Louis? I mean, as a Reds fan, couldn't you just kept him, Colorado? <laughs> I mean, maybe ruin some Dodgers fans' days. That's fine with me. The Dodgers are still going to win the division. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why ship, why ship him to the Central? I mean, trade him to the AL East, where at least he can whoop up on the Yankees. But please do not trade him to the Yankees. <laughs> that's that's like the only other team that I'd rather him not go to over the Cardinals. But the Cardinals adding a big, big power bat, great offensive guy, um, of course, but but also a really good defender, um, filling that 
hole at third base they really haven't had since Matt Carpenter honestly moved from third to over to um, first and second base. Yep. Um, this is going to be <laughs> the Cardinals, man. They they knew they knew they were competing. They knew they had a shot this year. Boy, oh boy, they are going to. I mean, think Marcelo Zuna. What how different their offense was after they lost him and he went to the Braves. But then put that back almost twice, two times with Nolan Arenado and a great defender. This is a, a phenomenal deal for um, for the Cardinals. Yeah, do you know the specifics of the deal really quickly? I'm trying to see that. So um, let, let, let's see here if I can find anything. And yeah, no, well, really quickly while, while we look for that, are the Cardinals, because it seems like the NL Central is a hot mess right now. Going to last year, go check our episode of Reds Problems. We all picked the Reds to win the NL Central. And due to the bats not, I mean, we, we inconsistent. I mean, Eugenio Suarez just did not play the same. Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna get into them because we're gonna have a whole ramble from Warner about the Reds. Yeah, that, that, that's not what we need on this uh, feel good Monday. Um, you know, it's technically feel good Friday. I don't care. I'm calling feel good uh, Monday today. But are the Cardinals now the favorites to win the NL Central? Feel like this division is yeah, really. I, I think absolutely. Um, man, I still can't find the the uh, the specifics on it, but. I think absolutely they are. And um, here's the one question I have now. Are the Reds going to continue to push to re-sign Trevor Bauer? Are the Cubs going to start trading away guys like Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant? Um, maybe even Javi Baez, doubtful, but maybe even. There's been a lot of Chris Bryant talk over the last few seasons. Maybe For sure. Anthony Rizzo, are they going to realize like, hey, listen, man, the Cardinals just got so good. Let's push our window back a few years down the road, gain some prospects, um, some young players to meet up with Javi Baez and Ian Happ um, later on in, in those two guys' careers and, and kind of reload. And when Arenado starts to – either his production goes down or his age goes up, once he starts to decrease in value, the Cubs might take a push at it. So I think that's interesting as well. Um, and, and along with the Brewers and the Christian Yelich, I know they just re-signed him, but they really have Christian Yelich and old Lorenzo Cain, uh, it, like an immature Keston Hira, and then just a drop off. Yeah. I mean, um, Asabayel Garcia, I guess, is a good player, but they, they, they can't just rely on Christian Yelich, um, Yelich because baseball is the epitome of a team game. It's, it's not like the NBA where one guy can carry the load. Um, honestly, the NFL is a very, very team-oriented game, but you still have the quarterback who can really influence, as, as we talked about earlier in the show, who can really, really influence the outcome of the game. So it's, it's going to be interesting for the NL Central going on, and I think the Dodgers have a new, um, a new contender along with the Braves in the NL East. Yeah, um, again, the Cardinals – I think the pitching is going to be the biggest question mark going into next season. I think the offense should um, hold up enough for me. And let's transition back to the Padres really quickly. They've made some big-time moves. They got Blake Snell 
You Darvish, the Paracris Paddock, holy cow. Are where are the Padres how much of a contender going to next year are the Padres? I think they're very, very good. Now the Dodgers are just so stacked at the moment. I don't know, I don't think their window is necessarily open yet, but Hey, y'all better watch your backs, man. The big, the big blue is, is gonna have to keep the foot on the gas because the Padres are right behind them, um, coming after them. It, I believe, so it won't become official um, for a few days. But talking about the Arenado trade, but it's it's an undisclosed amount of I think mid tier prospect is is what I have seen. Um, so it looks like the Cardinals just got a steal, honestly. Um, knowing that from Norland, and and I believe he just got re-signed too. He just like, got extended by the Rockies. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. If I recall, he had a pretty big contract going yeah. into last season. Yeah. So um, Cardinals are going to have a very very good player on offense and defense for the next few years, to say the least. Um, Ugh, why, why, why the National League? Couldn't you just trade him to the AL? No, that would have been too hard. Give, give him to the, give him to like the Mets. Pair him with Francisco Lindor. Don't, don't give him to the Cardinals. Speaking of, what, what do you think the Mets are going to do this year? Because the Braves, obviously, I think are still the best team. The Phillies re-signed JT Lamuto. The Mets have been always pretty bad, except for that one fluke World Series run. Uh, with Dan- when Daniel Murphy went on that tear against the Royals. Hey, I mean, they have they they've been good. They just never did anything in the postseason. That's what that was their problem. They've been mediocre. <laughs> they've been, been mediocre. Um, the Marlins had a surprisingly good season last year. I think the Mets are in line. And, and Francisco Lindor, probably the best defensive shortstop. One of the top four offensive shortstops. They got a, an absolute gem, along with Carlos Carrasco. Um, but I think Francisco Lindor is such an upgrade um, at shortstop for him. I think they're finishing in second place in the in the in at least in I guess my way too early MLB standings predictions. But um, I don't know. The Phillies just have yet to bolster that bullpen or the the pitching staff in general. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not feeling the Phillies right now. They just have botched this whole Bryce Harper in town. But um, you know this whole narrative. At least yeah. Bryce Harper got to bring the title back to DC, though. Yeah. Um, really <laughs> that was quickly. so funny when he said that in his press conference. You know, I'm just excited to bring a pre- uh, title uh, back to DC. Literally the same year. The Nationals. Literally the same year. The Nationals won the World Series. Right, Harper, who we got? Juan Soto in town, baby. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, let's go back to the NFL. Matthew Stafford, again, just, just tuning in. He was traded over the weekend to the um, Los Angeles Rams in a big-time uh, trade sweepstakes. And apparently, the Rams... Uh, I mean, not the Rams, the Lions were going to trade him to wherever, pretty much wherever he wanted to go. Yeah. And um, it went really quickly. And it was really up to him. And they really relied on the Rams to step up and, and bolster up their 
offer to contend with the Colts potentially. We don't know the details of their deal, but the Panthers. And, and the Panthers. And one other thing, and Matthew Stafford apparently reports are saying that he basically went to the front office and said, nope, I, you can, I, I'm fine with everywhere. I would really love to go to the Rams, but I'm fine with everywhere. Just don't trade me to New England. Just do not trade me to yeah. New England. You know, like, hey, listen, maybe Aaron Rodgers to New England will finally get the answer of what if Aaron Rodgers had Bill Belichick. Well, last oh. time I checked, Green Bay somehow has better weapons than New England. Green Bay at least has Devontae Adams and a good offensive line. Oh, um, the Patriots have a really nice offensive line, but they have no. The, the Patriots do have a nice offense, but they're. I mean, I'd rather have or, uh, I'd rather have MVS than Nikhil Harry. I mean, at least MVS can get open. But um, <laughs> I, I will say that the Lions' new GM, I think Nick Foles is his name. Um, fact checking on that one, but he used to work in the Rams front office. So Bro, I was like, dang it, you, you bastard. <laughs> you want him to go there? Connection there. So, I mean, Stafford, really, all he had to do was say, hey, listen, or his people, all they had to do was say, listen, GM, Nick Holderon, if that's his name, if I'm correct on that. Hey, you've got to connect with the Rams. Our guy wants to go to the Rams. You tell Sean McVay and, and the ownership and, and GM Let's to bolster the, their the Rams offer GM. So, so we don't – so. Like, listen, you tell them to bolster their offer. We're totally fine with that. Just get them to offer you maybe an extra first-round pick so you can take on Jared Goff's contract, and we will just do the swap. We, we, we will just do a swap. You know, probably we have multiple wine and dines together. <laughs> uh, you're one of my best around me. I, I thank you for the opportunity. My quarterback wants to go to your team. Let, let, let's mutually help each other out here. Like, listen, you can get a general manager job, which I'm sure has been your dream for a while. You can also help out your good buddies over in L.A. while setting up your franchise for, for some good future years, hopefully, because it is Detroit, so it's doubtful. Sorry, Detroit there. Um, <laughs> but, but a good connection there, and, and I'm, I'm honestly – I know it's another comp, – there's more competition in the NFC, but I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, and maybe it'll convince Green Bay that they need to actually draft good players that can compete and help out in the first round this season, this season. I mean, hopefully they realize, like, listen, we took a step forward, we fired Mike Pettin, but the Rams just got Matthew Stafford. We know how good he is because we've had to play him twice a year for the last, what, nine or ten years, maybe even 11 or 12. Um, We've had to play him. So (laughs) let's just – let's just – get this thing moving and um, draft some talent. I mean, draft a defensive tackle, switch scheme up, draft a linebacker, a really good middle linebacker, a really good off-ball linebacker, draft a slot receiver, draft maybe another running back. If, if You're probably going to have to let Jones and Williams go. You have A.J. Dillon, but you want to have depth at that running back position because of the usage rate. So maybe draft a running back in the third or fourth round, draft a receiver or a linebacker or a, a defensive tackle in in the uh, first and second rounds. Uh, maybe fill in at tight end a little bit, uh, fill in the offensive line spot, assuming I swear to you, Green Bay, if you do not re-sign Corey Lindsley, I, I – uh, uh, Oh man, Cor- 
at least make him a, an offer to be the highest paid center in the league. Because if you guys don't, that is embarrassing, uh, to say the least. That is, <laughs> he's the best in the league. At least pay him like that. Holy crap. Um, that's just, that's unbelievable. I'm going to talk some Deshaun Watson right now. Um, Nick Casario, obviously, their new GM, made some comments um, in his first uh, press conference to introduce their new coach, coach hire, um, which Sean and I discussed, I think, Thursday of last week. Um, he, I, I can pull up the exact quote, but he said, essentially, we have no plans to trade Deshaun Watson. He is a building block on our uh, team for the years to come. Um, we are not going to trade that player. So that brings up some questions. As I find the quote, um, why are you calling Deshaun Watson that player? Well, here, here's the quote. He said, we have zero. Okay. He said, I just want to re, um, re-entertain our comment or commitment to Deshaun Watson, um, dot, dot, dot. We have zero interest in trading the player. player. We have a great plan and vision for him. We look forward to spending more time with him. I just want to say that's not the best wording. Come on now. Hey, hey, Nick, you're not, you're not on the Patriots staff anymore. You can't, you can't be doing that to people, especially when Deshaun Watson is this angry. The player. Most of the the media coverage we've gotten was from Deshaun Watson's camp. Now the Texans have a lot more leverage than we all think they do. Um, just because of what what's getting out right now. Um, Deshaun Watson's people are going crazy with <laughs> with Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and the countless other um, NFL reporters, I guess you would say, insiders. Um, <laughs> Sean, give me a rundown on those comments. That's like like that, like, oh my God. You don't irritate your guy who's already freaking done with your team and has reportedly deleted every notion related to the Texans off his social media. You don't go and say, uh, we, we have no interest in trading the player. I mean, that's almost worse than saying, hey, we have no interest in trading the asset. Like, what the freak? Like, come we on. We have now. no interest in trading our long snapper. That's basically what you just said. The, the player. No, you are, no, we have no interest. And in, like what, what Brian Gutekos, I'll give him some credit. He said flat out, we have no interest in trading Aaron Rodgers. Um, Matt LaFleur, we have no interest in God's name to trade Aaron Rodgers. Come on now. We have about five minutes left to get out of here. So I want to go with, uh, give you guys some, you know, some joy. So let's go feel good. Moment of the day. This was, I believe, 16 or 13 years ago. Stephen A. Smith's classic rant about Kwame Brown. Don't ever ask this man about Kwame Brown again. (laughs) Did L.A. give up too much to get a guy who has been labeled soft, although he puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do? Is that a trick question? 
You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. Who first cares? rounders. I could, I could care less. Might into his salary for four First years. of all, understand something. When you're giving up first-round picks, if you are a quality team in, play, in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just should be celebrated. Throw a parade already, whether you win the championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call, tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of basketball. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move, even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever. Plays no defense. Doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether this okay. they gave up too much? Please. The Los Angeles Lakers knew exactly what they were doing. They should be celebrating right now. And Kobe Bryant should not be saying a word. His contract... I do want to I do want to revisit that real quick, because he said no disrespect to Kwame Brown, no disrespect to him. That means he can play, but he is a bona fide scrub. He cannot play the game of basketball. What? Like either he he has talent and he can play, but he's not that good at it, or he just is flat out a scrub and cannot play. That's my that's that's a classic though. I, I oh love my, that. Oh my god, that, that is absolutely. Hilarious. Um, and really quickly, I didn't even remember. First off, that's one of the all-time rants. Two things take away. Stephen A, the analyst, is so much better than Stephen A, the first take host. Stephen A on basketball is so much better than Stephen A in anything else. Like, I I I actually take Stephen A serious when he comes to talking basketball because he actually knows a lot of what he's talking about. Um and, some of and, these, like some of these. Stephen A's list, power rankings, or MVP favorites, or... Ugh. And another thing, he brought up with the first-round draft picks. Who cares if you trade first-round draft picks? If Especially in the NBA. Because there's only two rounds. If you give up... Oh, right. like giving up, like, a late, a late fifth-rounder in, in the NFL. Like, listen, you give up a late fifth-rounder, that's like pick, what, 190-something? or I don't know. Yeah, one ninety something. <laughs> so you give up that you give up that pick, but you contend for a championship. That's that's all worth it. it. I mean, it's even worth it for the Rams to be giving up their first round pick in a draft that is much more reliant on first round picks in the NFL draft because it's going to be a late twenties pick or or even thirties pick if they make it or win the Super Bowl. But yeah, um, um, like come on now, the, for NBA first round draft picks, almost the no value after the lottery picks. After the lottery picks, if it's a first round pick, like you might bang. find some value in like maybe 24, 22, maybe oh, if, if you have a really good scouting staff. But, um, thank you all for watching this episode of Sports Headlines. Let's end it on that on a happy note. Let's 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 end it. Um, thank you all for watching Sports Headlines. Um, on uh, February 1st. Happy shortest month of the year, which also turns out to be Black History Month. Don't get Sean or myself started on that. Thank you all so much for watching. Tune in tomorrow. Um, also, tune in on podcasting as we have a podcast exclusive. Podcasting. Tune in on podcasting. <laughs> I'm from uh, Boston. I went to Boston College. Um, but anyway, yeah, part two of today's episode will be a podcast exclusive. Uh, Steven from the Guiltiest Chart podcast will be joining us. We'll talk all about uh brandon staley hirings and the chargers and more thank you guys for watching the most authentic place in sports tomorrow matt brooks joins us at 11 30 sharp eastern time
Have a wonderful day. Peace out.